0: Welcome to our season two finale episode. Season two of Young Hearts Run Free has been a fun-filled extravaganza mix of great guests, laughs, and dare I say it, some belting foo-pas by yours truly. Stephen and I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with the people we've had on throughout season two, and are so very grateful for the time they've given up to speak with us, tell their stories, and also impart some phenomenal advice and tips We also really appreciate the feedback we've received from you, our listeners, so please keep it coming. The good, the bad, there's not been much of that, if any at all, and of course, the wee slaggins. To wrap up Season 2, we chatted with a guy who has an absolutely astounding array of running experience to bring to the party and to chat about. Originally from Scotland, and now based in the warmer climes of Majorca, we catch up with Casey Morgan. Casey is an international trail runner and also a coach, and as is normal for us at Young Hearts Run Free, the conversation goes a wee bit off course at times. But you know what? Casey's kinda used to that. All will be revealed in our catch up with Casey, and that's what's coming next. Enjoy. Welcome Casey to Young Hearts Run Free podcast. How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm good, thank you. Very good to be here.
0: Brilliant. We're absolutely delighted that you're taking time out of your day to have a chat with us. It's Again, we're going international. People may be confused by that. You've got a very fine Scottish accent, but where are you on the planet just now?
1: I'm in the People's Republic of Bunyola, and if you don't know what that is, it's the middle of Mallorca.
0: Brilliant. And how long have you been based
1: there? Um, I've been in this wee village here for two years, uh, just over two years, and prior to that we were living in Palma,
0: so almost three years in in Spain now. Brilliant, and just before we get into the sort of running side of stuff, how has the global pandemic, Covid, how has that affected what you're doing and where you are? Well,
1: like everybody else, we've had to, to change our lives quite a bit, but we're lucky in the sense that we're quite isolated from everything here. So even when things were really bad in Spain, um, where we are, I think in the village there were 15 cases in total over the over the the space of the past year or so. So uh, we faced restrictions. We've had a more severe lockdown in the UK where we were actually in the house in the house for for two months. Even to the point if you're in the street, the police are on you in a flash and. Asking for reasons, etc., sending you home. Um, but
2: on the whole, things are things are looking up. See, Casey. See, when you were locked in the house for two months, was that like no able to go out for daily exercise? Exactly. You wonder, yeah. We're quite fortunate because we've got a wee bit of uh,
1: a shared garden out in the back with the with the neighbours. So right. we in the wee community, the wee community here, we had like a set time to go out there each day okay um, which in itself wasn't strictly legal if right. the police knew about that you'd have trouble but we're quite isolated so okay uh, we could at least go out and move for an hour but other people if you just had a regular house or if you were in the city here you're you're indoors other than the chemist or the supermarket i think you had to be indoors full time so it was what? a long okay. couple of months
2: so strength and conditioning massively up <laughs> Absolutely. Or Netflix box
0: set, man. <laughs> <laughs> know,
2: what cases
0: is they case no saying? He stays on the ranch. Okay, I mean, it's like a <laughs> <10 miles laughs> But, and I'll tell you something too, you didn't want to get caught with the Spanish police. I've had that a couple of times. <laughs>
2: On away days. Aye. It's <laughs> <laughs> about coming out no, exactly. with batons and all
0: Exactly. I exactly. remember it well. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
2: your knees are getting you a jet job.
0: <laughs> We're here just to take it back to running a wee bit. Thank you very much for that, Casey. What we always start with is we always do a wee bit. Get a bit of information about you as a Bairn, as a teenager, as a man. What got you into running? Were you a natural? Have you always been a runner? Did you run at the school? What's the Casey Morgan story? Uh,
1: Running was far from natural for me. Uh, In fact, uh, I despised it as a a youth, as a teenager. I I played a a lot of rugby when I was at school and um, I raced bikes. Cycling was my sport, really. So much so that at school, when the boys were out doing cross country, I was inside doing step aerobics for the girls to protect my cycling legs. Believe it or not, so the endurance wasn't so good, but my choreography was fantastic.
2: <laughs> and was that like I? I wasn't a runner at, at school by no means, but there was a penny drop moment at some point for me. That came quite way on in life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what about you? What What was the... Well, for me, after, after uni, I,
1: I became a personal trainer. I qualified as a personal trainer, and I started running a bit because I was running with some clients and things and getting them involved in 5Ks, 10Ks, that kind of thing, just to give people a, a goal to work towards, basically. And each year, I don't know if you remember, the women's 10K in Glasgow was always a, a really big event, so I always had a group for that so I'd be out running with a a group of women a couple of times a week and stuff so in order not to get dropped I would have to do a wee bit of running and uh, I think I got into it more so when the park run when it first started in Glasgow Um, I used to go down there with a few clients and stuff and maybe after going down there for a month or so I got invited along to to train with John Montgomery's group do you know John Montgomery in Glasgow he's He's a coach, trains a lot of the Shettleston runners and some Victoria Park runners and stuff. And so I got invited along there and got involved with Shettleston Harriers that way.
0: i was just going to ask there, yeah, I've, I've been to the in Glasgow when that ladies 10K is on and what a an atmosphere that is. It's absolutely, absolutely it? brilliant. Huge. It's, well, I suppose maybe full of people. Is it a charity thing? Is, is that what it's based around, people raising I don't money? Know if for... Certainly, there's a huge
1: amount of charity runners involved Aye. in it. I don't know if the race itself is 100% for charity, but um, it's it's a huge event for the women there. They, they're crazy for
0: it. Ah, it's absolutely brilliant. Because the reason I'm asking about the charity thing is because you see people, as you do in any sort of event, all shapes and sizes, all capabilities, yeah. but people are out there for the right reasons, and they're doing it. And because it's Glasgow, they're having a party at the same time. It's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Also, what to see? You mentioned there that you qualified as a as a personal trainer, Thank and you're working with clients. Now, I, I see a couple of people in Perth going around what we, the North Inch, the biggest park, and in, in Perth, and they're working with clients. Were you working with a specific group, or could anybody come to you? You could coach anybody them. could come
1: to me because initially when I started. Like I I was freelance. I didn't work for a gym or anything. So you take anybody, like (laughs) any business you can get. So that's how I started in coaching was way back, like 2003. So I've been at it for a long time. And for the first, probably the first six or seven years, I was just working with, with anybody, like people who would come to me for weight loss or I was part of the GP referral scheme for some time also, so people with, like, hypertension or even with mental health problems, like doctors were prescribing exercise rather than antidepressants and stuff initially. So a wide variety of people, and it was only more laterally as I got into running and stuff myself that I started to work more, because when you're a personal trainer, you need to do, like, continued uh, professional development. So... I kind of focused more on like strength and conditioning, sports conditioning for high performance. Um, so I continued my education down that kind of stream and into coaching specifically for running. And I've carried on with that ever
0: since. Yeah, You're saying 2003, that's way before the couch to 5k Sort of thing that happened, which is a great thing. The NHS is, eh? Couch to Five K is brilliant. But you, you're do, you are maybe doing that sort of stuff. I don't know. I might, I'm not. It might not have been a decade before, but it's certainly long before that became uh-huh. a bit more mainstream. So you know,
2: that, that Couch to Five K is a brilliant thing, a brilliant movement, and it's propelled a lot of people to go on and achieve a lot more than just five Ks because they get to catch the bug and they get addicted. Exactly. and that's brilliant. Oh, look at me it's <laughs> <Best laughs> like anything, before Couch to 5K, Couch to 5K still existed. It's just, it got yes, marketed well. Exactly, it I had a name. Yeah, and, and that's been the beauty of the success of it um, as well. I wanted to say that you mentioned that you went down to start doing park runs and then you got invited by John Montgomery to, to own his training group. You must have been no bad at it, I'm thinking.
1: Well, I think the first... The first couple of months i won it three or four times, I think, right. so there wasn't the big numbers that there are now, uh-huh. and it was a wee bit easier to win it then, to be fair. I, right. I mean, sometimes I was rolling home at four in the morning and then down to the park run for eight, so it, it wasn't right. something I was entirely focused on. Getting a
2: PB. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you're still flying, literally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the must. They must have noticed. like, it's a talent spotter. It's like a scout at a football match, you know, going round and trying to pick pick up people who they feel they could develop. So there must have been, uh, fair to say, a natural ability or something there to to. I think I was
1: doing
2: I was doing decent. at it, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, that idea that when you were younger you didn't like running, didn't didn't do it, to then saying, ah, wait a minute, I'm maybe no no bad at it," and starting to enjoy it.
1: I think everybody goes through a wee phase like that. We're running when they when they do start. Like there's there's not a great deal of enjoyment to be had in those first those first six weeks or so until you until your body kind of adapts to it, and exactly it's right. it's only then that you begin to you begin
2: to enjoy it. I think. Yeah. So then, what was then the next chapter almost after that? Once you you started enjoying it. <laughs> the next chapter, I guess.
1: Uh, like I did some 10Ks and stuff on the road with Shettleston and I enjoyed it. It was good. But the thing that really changed for me was the sports therapist I used to see whenever I had any any issues. I actually had a, a shoulder injury from, from body pump or something like that at the time. And the girl who I would see for that, she was also, she was a very good runner. And each week when I saw her, she was asking me for, Probably two months or something if I would do this race with her because you have to do it as a pair and she couldn't get anybody to do it. And In the end I think I felt sorry for her and I agreed to it before I actually knew exactly what was involved and it was the, I don't know if you've heard of the Trans Alpine run? No, no, I haven't heard of that. Oh, it's the one that
2: I'm familiar with. I did see it when we was... When we were having a rake, as John said, around the
1: base. It's, it's a race that starts in it starts in the south of Germany, and it's eight stages. You cross the Alps into Austria, then Switzerland, and then you finish in Italy. So you you be anywhere from I think the shortest day is maybe thirty k, and the longest will be kind of marathon distance. Okay. and it's across the Alps, obviously. So that was the that's what really changed running for me, I think, because. I, I really fell in love with with that kind of racing.
0: Okay, so I, I just come back a wee bit. That's a bit I jump for a five k, or a ten k. You're absolutely <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> and
1: I would not recommend that kind of
2: ten percent weekly mileage increase at the very very low <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's um, yeah, quite something. But must have been quite an experience as well, having never done anything like that before. And then you're going jumping right into continental Europe into some of the meccas of trail running. Yeah.
1: And a race like that also it just it, it takes over your life because your your entire day is focused around either preparing to run, then you're running, then you're recovering for the next day. So you have eight days where like nothing else really exists it's
0: it's quite an experience and when you say run as a pair are you side by side or together all the time yep you have
1: to you have to be within 30 meters of each other or something that the full race so and if one of these doesn't finish then you don't count for the overall anymore so it's it's quite a challenge to to match up and to not want to kill each other, that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> Already, I'm enthralled by this. the whole <laughs> The whole mindset of the two runners, because I mean, you've got two, you've got two individuals, but you've got to come together and help each other through. And there's highs and lows in there. Absolutely
2: Is there no a race down south that you're actually chained to each other? Dying to read something. There's a, there's That's a just race. your
0: dreams, mate. No oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: There's, it's like you're a, you're, a, you're a, it's called a jailbreak or something. I'll hate I think you right. Get, escape, think. From, escape Meridian or Escape, escape from Mer. Well, I
1: like, think jailbreak
2: or something might be right. And you, you wear an orange convict suit, and, but you're actually, <laughs> you're chained to somebody. John's What's looking at me in disbelief. I'm, I'm going to think What's that the out.
0: distance? What's the distance?
2: You, it, you, you need to get the furthest away for your point over a certain oh, time. So you've got 24 that's... hours. And you've got a GPS tracker and it's who can get furthest away from, is it Meridian or you know, the very centre of England? Yep, yep, okay. And it's who can move the greatest distance away. So you you, you can go in any direction. it's anyway, one why. for you two.
0: I don't know why, no. Alan <laughs> Cormack's name has just popped into my head. That's the sort of thing that Alan Aye. would undertake. Aye, I'd
2: imagine Alan's probably already done it. So, yeah. But <laughs> it is quite a thing is... It, it's one thing running and managing yourself as a, a solo competitor, but having to, sometimes, you know, you've got responsibility of each other can be an added
0: dimension. I think too, because runners can be quite selfish, but in a way doing it as a pair, you've got to be selfless, haven't you? You've got to be Absolutely. willing to give yourself up to that other person at times as well. So like over eight days,
1: you're going to have highs and lows. and they not very often those highs and lows are synced with your partner so it's nice. it's managing that it's good it's
2: it's an amazing experience so, so what would you i sorry sorry, you're sorry we're,
0: we're both getting excited i know i know <laughs>
2: this is this, this whole transalpine race is interesting me i must say so it's but you've got that factor of running as a pair but then it's also the first time you've done something like that is it the first time you're experiencing sometimes those hellish feelings the Feelings of purgatory that we all grow to love eventually and, and stuff thrown into the equation as well. So, aye, that was quite a leap. It was quite a leap, but I'm glad I took it. It's,
1: aye. It certainly changed my, my whole running outlook. It was yes. definitely a, a big moment. yeah So, think, what year was that? Sorry, John.
2: Okay, I think go. 2009, I think. Yeah, cool. Just trying to. Piece it into the, the timeline. Yeah, because during
0: our thorough research that we did. <laughs> no, back, you should have known that. <laughs> but the, the, your, your timeline's quite fascinating and some of the things that, that you've done, Casey. But I, I hadn't realised about that Trans one and I'm, I'm intrigued to know when you finished that, was it a case of I could never then that again or did it? light a wee flame for you so and I want more of this. How did you feel at the end? I went back the next two years. So it's safe to say I enjoyed
1: it. The following year I went back with the same person and then the next year I went back with one of the guys from Shetleston, one of my teammates from there.
0: Brilliant. And was it was it well, it must have been at least as good the second time if you went back a third time.
1: Absolutely well actually the second time they have two routes. They have the east route and the west route. So the second time was a completely different route. So it was it was new. And then the third time, it was back to the first route again.
0: It's a bit like that Comrades, isn't it, in South Africa? They do it up one year and then the next. Exactly. That. Now, we've we'll we'll had a bit of a challenge on Twitter over the last couple of weeks for you folks saying we're not talking about food enough, right? So here okay.
2: we go. And you're running your route
0: in that alpine country well known for the raid stations what was the crack there were you did you take your own stuff and for drop bags or was it provided for you
1: the everything was provided for you uh the organization in this race is incredible it's a company called plan b they do that race they also do i think the zug spitz ultra and they do the salomon four trails and honestly the organisation of this thing is you've never seen anything like it
2: that's quite some and i've i noticed having a squiz at your your race results and stuff like that you've done quite a lot of continental and abroad races and stuff like that and it is that infrastructure and how much they throw into it um know that i've experienced it at anything degree like you have but i've got a little and and it's just amazing it's just like oh, no it's almost like no expense spared but exactly <laughs> you don't know how to do it and especially no. now being a race organizer uh-huh. and seeing
1: what goes what
2: must go into
1: some of these big races it's incredible
2: yeah and they get the whole community involved and everybody's on board and there's no a landowner shouting do not cross my land
1: <laughs> not in most places here in mallorca
0: we have this problem it's...
2: right We'll get on it's it, a big problem
0: are. here at the moment. That was something, though, Stephen, that Ali Bevan touched on quite early in the yeah. episode we had with him. It was about the European races and the appeal that they had for Ali, you know. And he says it's never, it never actually been quite matched in the UK for him. And it just, ah. it's just—it's interesting that this is sort of conversation we're having just now as well. Ah, that cultural difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, see I mean the races in Spain for example the ultras and stuff here the the atmosphere around them is incredible and even like in the Pyrenees for example if you're doing one of these long races you arrive into a village at 3 in the morning and they'll be having a fireworks display and stuff it's it's, it's chaos yeah. <laughs> if you try to do that at home you'd have the police on you in no
2: time <laughs> you'd have an ASBO as a, as, a, as a participant in it as well but it's so addictive isn't it it's that absolutely this is just great they're 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 living and breathing this rather than like we said last week you know you're running down a a high street or a scottish village in a long hill race looking like you you're you know part of the walking dead and and (laughs) obviously just going look at that (laughs) weirdo exactly where's he escaped from (laughs) exactly so i know i i i get it and it's something john that i want to experience
0: more is Definitely, hundred percent. I'm up for that. I'll crew you, man. I <laughs> <laughs> But I tell you, no, when I, you're
2: there for the aid stations.
0: When I've been abroad, wherever, wherever I go in the world now that I'm now that I'm a runner, um, if I'm in France, Spain, Portugal, wherever, whenever every time of the year I'm going, one of the first things I do is I do a research. See if there's a wee half marathon or a marathon or something like that. But I've been in like a Grand Canaria in this trans grand well, no danger i'm touching that i've been in uh nicky johnson recently spoke about well he got he won or he got his pb at the Funchal marathon in madeira i know that's a place that casey's been as well and it was an ultra marathon in madeira but honestly Funchal, you've got the image of craig rossi behind you stephen it's like that up and down all, the whole bloody places like that man uh, it's no flat food shop no, it's hard you go for a you go for your dinner or a night out and have a few beers your knacker going home your bed never mind going out running a bloody <laughs> a marathon but it is one of these things what, where i'm going with that is it's certainly something that appeals to me that going and running abroad in the warm where it's warm man That'd be great to go and run, you know. So, well, maybe speak about that a wee bit. However, I would like to bring it back to good old Scotia, if you didn't mind. Because there's a a couple of um, events that both Stephen and I have been at. You've been there as well. Maybe not on the same day, but certainly events. And I think the one that um, would be good to start with, I think, would be the Devil of the Highlands. So, you've done that, what, three times? Is it three times you've had a go to the Devil? Three times, I I like it. It's a nice route. Good okay, people. Definitely. Have you been at the other end? Have you had a go at the Fling or the full West Highland Way? I've had a go at the Fling once and coming off
1: Connock Hill I had a problem with my knee. And by the time I got to Rourdenham I was in trouble and it turns out I had a, a torn meniscus. So I dropped at Rourdenham and ended up having to get a wee bit of surgery and... Missed a good wee bit of running until the devil that year, actually. I think uh, I started running again three weeks before the devil. What year was
0: that? Ooh,
1: it was the last time I did it, so... 14? I don't no, know when that would be. 15, 15 good, was the last 2015. time. 2015.
0: So, I did. got to say, because in 14 you set the course record, didn't you, Kiss? <laughs> I did, <die. laughs> Five hours, five hours, thirteen minutes, and forty-two seconds. What What happened? Did everything just click? To be honest, it was. Um, I entered it the night before because I
1: was I was down for UTMB like about four weeks later or something, and I was going to I was going to do a long training run that weekend anyway. So I just dropped the organizer a message and said, "Any chance of a space in the race tomorrow?" and fortunately they accepted me. So it was just one of those days. To be honest, I was, never, I was never really pushing. I was very wary of having UTMB in a few weeks and I was just testing my nutrition and just enjoying it, to be honest.
2: And that's when the magic sometimes happens, isn't it? Exactly, there's the
1: no
0: expectation
1: and um, was, it was a good day.
0: Well, you were ahead by, I'm looking at the results, 47 minutes. Mr Rob Turner came in second that day.
1: I was it. Trying to, he was with me at the beginning and I was trying to have a bit a of chat with him, but I don't think he was up for... Some people like to chat when they're racing, other people aren't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was close. He was still close. Uh, Glenn Coe, my, um, my mate who was crewing for me, he wasn't in the car park, so I I'd, I'd lost a few minutes there. And by the time someone told me your mates actually at the bottom of the road there, uh, Rob Rob had caught up with me by then. So he was he was doing well. I think he must have exploded in the second half or something. Right, I often do that
2: coming out of even. We must
0: we must also <laughs> we must also say for folk if you're listening in if you're having your run on a Saturday or Sunday, Casey. Yes, he did say. He entered on the night before because that's an alien concept now you know the the, the I devil know, aye. people Wait, are it...
1: waiting for it to enter
0: aye. Oh, like... i mean people are sitting there and it's like nine o'clock on a sunday night they're hitting f5 refresh 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 and it's like months before and it sells out within probably an hour of going online you know so it just shows you how um the popularity of ultras has escalated certainly in scotland if, if not european-wide you know, it probably
1: uh, has. It's good to see, it's, it's, it's a yeah. great race, and it, it deserves to have a, a following like that, I mean, it's such a good route, it is.
2: I, uh, although I life. am
1: always, every time I go up that route, by the time you get to like the Devil's Staircase and you're looking to the left at those hills, I'm always thinking oh, I could have been up there today rather than <laughs> flogging myself on this. <laughs>
2: I know, we were spe- who were we speaking to? Oh, Ali was saying last week, and a few others have said as well, we're doing Lakeland 50, and oh, very good. the attraction of the fells and the peaks and summits and stuff winking at you when you're running along the um, you know, the, the, the valley floor or whatever um, c- can sometimes be a bit disheartening for a certain mindset.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's why I like the races here,
2: because most of them go over these peaks and stuff, so... Uh, it suits me better, that's... Mallorca's got a mountain range in the north, is that quite... The a... set of
1: Tramontana goes from, like, the the west to the, uh-huh. the northeast. Uh, the, right off we, the tourist trail, well, most yeah. of the
2: tourist trail. That's where I live,
1: I live right, right at the foot of the mountains. I would uh-huh. show you out the window here, but it's dark now, so you wouldn't <laughs> see much i
2: will send you a <laughs> picture. So glor- gloriously light here in Scotland. <laughs> Looks very light there.
0: Uh, it's a bit oh, lighter when yeah. you are, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, you're talking about hills. I'm the Stephen's a hill lover amongst uh, both of us. But, and I've that, I've had a discussion with somebody recently about people that love going up. But people that also love the descent and actually hammering down. Do you, do you and I hadn't thought about this until this very second, do you have a preference in regards to really hammer when I say hammering it, working yourself hard going up, or that almost free falling doing the other side? Have you got a preference to that?
1: I prefer the up. Right, That's okay. Up for me the reason being I have a terrible ankle, I ruined my ankle at school and the the stability is atrocious. So Going down many, many times. I've I've done my ankle. I've lost races because of it. Had to drop out of several races because of it. So definitely
0: up. Okay, Stephen. Can I ask you that same question? Because I know you're you're keen on the hills.
2: Yeah, I think I would go through phases where I flipped. you know? To, because once I'm conditioned for the hills, which isn't all the time, Casey, and you can start really enjoying the climbs. Uh, exactly you need Uh, to be fit yeah yeah so that's it fit that's the word (laughs) Conditioned. um so i don't know i've got up and down with injuries and that as well so you know during that first four weeks back when you're trying to get the vert in and the the downhills are more enjoyable but once i've got my hill legs strapped back on then the uphills become weirdly addictive
1: Mm -hmm. it's like constant Controlled suffering, I think, when you get yeah. into that kind of nice rhythm. It's, I like it. I like the
2: climbs. Yeah. But I do, I, I've run a couple of Scottish hill races, and I remember the very first one I did, I was running up the hill, and this old lad came walking past me.
1: Weaking <laughs> <laughs> oh, of
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm I'm Here's me, like, struggling, like, buggery to try and run up a hill, and he just, like, you know, does that hill run and walk which is a lot more efficient than any run can be and scooted but i went all right son <laughs> i'm like no bad lesson learned just warm it up we'll <laughs> <laughs> see you at the top <laughs> so thanks for that on the spot question for casey and i john
0: no problem no problem and it it, I, it, no i'm glad I'm, I'm glad i asked it i'm really glad i asked it what about so, you me? Well, I, I tell you, I would probably prefer going up because the reason I'm saying that is I'm a bit of a shite bag going down the way, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm that guy, I'm that guy who's, if I talk about mountain biking for a minute, I'm squeezing my brakes for the very start. I, I, you see some folks just disengage brain and just go for it. I'm the guy that squeezes my brakes and I'm also like that if I'm running down a hill. So Plus, I'm, your ass cheeks are squeezed. Hi. I'm I'm just cagey. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm just cagey. Whereas I've been at running with guys like uh you you know who I'm speaking about, uh Stephen. Tom Sutherland and Ian have Dave Turner's another in. You can yeah. get with these guys and they it's almost like they put their arms out for a bit of support and they just woof, I'm talking in seconds, they're ten, twenty meters away from me. It's unbelievable. Girl, I just whoa. I've never ever developed that or I must admit I've never had the inclination to develop that, do you know what I mean? So, give it time. Uh, right, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm an up kind of guy, I'm an up kind of guy. <laughs> what, what I would like to ask as well, uh, Casey, to take us on, right? You've, and it's this conversation is developing brilliantly the breadth of stuff that you've, you've ran and where you've been. If you can, and maybe give you two or three if you want, can you pick a favourite place to run? Um, number one
1: would be Arid, believe it or not. Wow, ah, okay. I think the running over there is amazing, and is for sure is my favourite training run. Is a, a big loop over there. But saying that, there are some very nice places I've been to run out with Scotland. So, the Himalayas were they were a real experience, Um Patagonia was a great experience, and. Uh, Madeira also, actually, when you talk about Funchal, when you get up into those mountains, it's it's an amazing place to run.
0: Right? Okay. John. And Hong Kong. Oh yeah, Christ, man, it's five. I said you get three. Anyway, that's all right. That's all right. I'm, but I'm glad you did that. It's almost like you planned this,
2: right? Oh man, I, I'm like Trumping at the bit to asking about all <laughs> these places, but go for it, John.
0: Hong Kong was another one of these. If it's if it's the same race, I'm thinking of. Another one of these group races, but there was four of you. Aye, it was an adventure. Um, Aye. This race, it's called the the Trail
1: Walker. It's actually, it's organised by Oxfam. It's like a big charity event. And they have them in different countries, but I don't think they're quite as popular as the Hong Kong version. I think they have something like 3,000 teams or something, or 2,000 teams. So there's four in a team. It's 100k and you need to stay together for this, the full distance. And um, we were flown over there. It was, uh, it was the Compress Sport Team. So there was myself, there was Pau Capel, who you'll know, he's won UTMB in trans yep. Gran canaria multiple times. And um, Julian Chori, who he's won Hard Rock 100 and he's been on the podium at UTMB. Um, and Yiraya Duran, a very good runner from Gran Canaria. So we were flown over there by a Chinese company who, who organized races. And I think we were like a, an advert to Europe or something for their, for their races. Right. So it came with a wee bit of pressure as well. Like we were expected to to do well. The main competition was the Nepalese team. And I think they come from the Nepalese army. And these guys, like they're born and raised at 4,000 meters and they're good. Aye. So from the start of this race, these guys went off like it was... I swear, like a 200-meter race. I've never seen a star like that in my life. It was crazy. So we did our best to stay close to them. And by 3K, we got to this point where there was like a <clears throat> like a land bridge or there was a wee path going off to the right. And I had run the course like six weeks before, and Julian had ran, he'd done the race maybe two years before with Solomon. And the organisers, as a policeman, and there was a, a race volunteer there, and they pointed us down this path, which was not the way we had gone previously on this this recce. So we're trying to say, no, it's this way, surely. And they say, no, no, it's this way, it's this way. So us and the Nepalese team, we go off down this path. And sure enough, when we went down the path, there was these same markings for the race, these big pink arrows. So off we go, chasing these Nepalese, down this path for like almost another 10k and all of a sudden we pop out at the start of the race again like right at at the start like a a big loop (laughs) (laughs) and this race like it starts it starts with different waves so the faster people go off at the beginning i think and then there's more people throughout the day so there's thousands of people there and nobody knows what's happening we can't find a race organizer or volunteer or anything to say you're on the wrong route here. <laughs> Eventually, we had to start again. Like I think by the time we worked out what was happening, what had gone wrong, we had to start again, maybe an hour and 15 minutes after the official start. So we decided we were just going to do what we could and and catch up as best we could. So we, we go back to the same point where the The policeman and the volunteer sent us the wrong way, and I think they received abuse in like four different languages all at the same time. (laughs) And that seemed to that seemed to bring the team together a wee bit. So (laughs) we uh, we pushed on. Unfortunately, I think we pushed too hard. And Julian is he's super strong, but for the long distance. And I think over that kind of I I think we did a almost a three-hour marathon at one point. 3.15 marathon or something and I think that just tipped him over the edge so for the rest of the race we had to take it in turns pulling him on a like on a a cord (laughs) (laughs) so it it made fun it was interesting at one point we thought we could still win it but Julian was in a bad way towards the end so we lost a lot of time and we got lost again one more time towards the end uh, but we finished up in the end, so that was quite a special finish line because, like the, just the way the whole day had been, and uh, the fact there's four of you together, I think made it quite special as well. So uh, it was a,
2: one of my more interesting race experiences. And, the, and the Hong is Hong Kong. Have you done a wee bit more racing over Hong Kong? I've been over a few times. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's hey. an amazing place to race. Because you Aye. think of Hong Kong just
1: as this skyscraper city. But wherever you are in Hong Kong, you're, you're never very far from a trail. Like, mm-hmm. you're five or ten minutes from incredible mountains. And uh-huh. it's that contrast is amazing. And the racing scene there, I
2: mean, it's, it's second Something to none. On. Something on every weekend. and yep. Yeah, I see it. And you see some of the images as well, you know, just that sort of juxtaposition between exactly. you know, nature and wildlife and then skyscrapers and modern life. It's quite exactly. sensational. It's I'm,
0: you, man, I'm I'm fifty-five years old. I know it's hard to believe that, right? No way, but... no way. Let me adjust this screen. <laughs> got a filter but, on. But um last year, it must have been last October, they did the London Marathon went virtual, right? So you could run it anywhere. And it was these two girls were running it in Hong Kong. And what they did was they were going all over the place and they were saying, right, this person is doing it here, just to give it that global effect. And they were running in the trails above Hong Kong. And it wasn't until that day that I realized exactly what you're talking about, the the heavy contrast between the skyscraper city, which is, I thought, what Hong Kong was. They never just turned the cameras around and show you that, but do you know what I mean? So they were on a selfie, on a phone way above Hong Kong and they're saying that ah, we're here doing that and it totally blew my mind. So I was searching about that and finding that. So it looks an absolutely awesome place to run. It uh, looks it's, phenomenal.
1: It's brilliant and they have they have amazing trails. Like they've got four well marked national trails, if you like. Uh-huh. And in comparison to the kind of facilities we have it's, it's a big difference, <laughs> put it that way. Like they have nice wee vending machines every 10k or 15k or something like that and it's well marked and well looked after the only the only drawback is for some reason they they like to tarmac most of their trails you'll be you'll literally be in a jungle but you're on a tarmac path and a lot of steps you need to be ready for for steps in hong kong
2: trail running mecca really um, who knew and if you know you know and and there's also quite a lot of high profile races there and, and stuff like that but um, a little bit more humidity than Dumfries uh, <laughs> uh, but the wild life's not so dangerous
0: in Hong Kong <laughs> sorry <laughs> I think
2: nightclub you frequent
0: we spoke a wee bit preamble before we started recording I don't know if we've mentioned Dumfries yet have we In the actual recording, so we shouldn't be touch on that. We spoke about. Did you mention Dumfries at the start when you spoke about as a bairn? No, I didn't think so. so. We are cycling. You mentioned cycling, but yeah. So Casey hails from Dumfries, and we had a wee bit of chat about. About maybe maybe we'll leave that. Maybe we'll leave (laughs) Dumfries where it is. Yeah, we'll oh, yeah.
2: we had a wee bit of chat last week, what are we about Dumfries? Is that what you're the way to say, John?
0: Aye, that's right, that's right. I'm, cu- I'm cutting yeah. this.
2: Cause, <laughs> cause I, I quite ad- admire the the hills round about Dumfries and, and, and the Galway Hills and Warnock Head, isn't it? Is that the highest village in Scotland?
1: Head. I used to train there on the bike a lot. Yeah,
2: it's... and some good hill reps stuff going on there. Must be, I think um, to myself, but most people just drive right through. Uh, like
1: our uh, our coach at Sheton he, he has his high altitude training camp there once a year for the, yeah. the Scottish hill runners high altitude
2: training camp uh, uh, about...
0: 450 meters or something <laughs> <laughs> <Can> I <laughs> tell you Stephen we're getting right good at this because you're linking me in bro you've also ran chile which is another place with like altitude in there as well won't there but i read your race report from that race and you took a wee wrong turn at the start of that now that last one in hong kong you got a bum steer right for the polis they put put it in the trail the one in chile well i believe from the race report that you actually made a wee error and took a wee trail the wrong way. What I want to know about that is, you can tell us about the race, that'd be great, but what I want to know is how does that affect your mindset and how how do you recover and get back in the game? Um, Well, It's it's a
1: frustration obviously, Um, but it's happened to me a few times. I've got a habit of putting the head down and pushing a bit hard sometimes and that particular one, you pass through like a gate, like a kind of dry stone dike kind of thing, and uh, the course markings were immediately behind the wall, so you had to be, you had to be on your, on your game to see it, and right. I didn't, I just, like the natural way to go was just to carry on in this path, the way I went, and I ran on a wee bit, and added a couple of K,
0: but I got back in it quite, quite quickly. Right. Okay. And how, do you want to speak about that race? How that transpired? And that race was fun,
1: the funniest thing about that race was the the briefing the night before. Like there was a few invited runners. There, there was myself from Europe. There was a boy from Brazil who'd won the race the previous couple of years. Really? Guy, guy from <laughs> exactly Ronaldinho. <laughs> uh, a guy from Ecuador. A good runner from Argentina and. In Europe, when you get invited to these races, like they'll invite you onto the stage at the, the briefing or whatever just to introduce you to people. And everybody's always very, like, they'll ask you, how, how do you think a race will go tomorrow? And everyone will say, oh, I'm just, I'll try my best. It's a high level. See what happens. But in Latin America, is a different culture. I was quite taken aback by it because first up on the stage was the boy from Brazil. And they asked him how his race was going to go, and he said, well, I won here last year, the 50k, I won the year before in the 50k, and tomorrow I will win the 80k. And I thought, this this guy's confident. And then the guy from Argentina, he was similar, saying, I've come from Argentina for this, and tomorrow I'll win the 80k. The boy from Ecuador—he starts listing his five k pb, his ten k <laughs> pb. He'd, he'd been to the Olympics for the marathon for Ecuador. And this long story—he was doing it for his country and for God. And like he was—he was winning the race tomorrow. Also, i would never seen anything like this. But I think it's just a, a cultural thing because nobody else. Nobody else. I was looking around, thinking, "Is everybody else as surprised as I am?" This. <laughs> Nobody seemed to bat an eyelid, so I think it's it's just a cultural thing. They're happy to show their confidence.
2: Oh, man, what did you pipe up?
1: I actually said, well, I, I came here from Scotland hoping to win, but those three guys are winning, so I'm just going to do my best. <laughs>
2: Do as if they send you to like ultra media school, do you know, to learn how to that. <laughs> no, there do was do none of that. <laughs> players, eh? They're like, oh, they come out with all the usual crap and, and stuff. It's like, there's maybe be something there. John, Pete, we could start an ultra runners media school.
0: You guys oh, would be good Oh, I would. They'd be queuing <laughs> up, man. They'd be queuing <laughs> up. They <laughs> oversubscribe. Well, it's also, I think run in Patagonia is one of the dreams as well isn't it you, you know for for people that run Pat- across the planet it's one of the places to go isn't it so Patagonia, is
2: that Argentina
1: it was Chile, Chile. Patagonia okay. is in Argentina <laughs> and Chile but this was the the Chile part
2: Aye, oh, wonderful there's the t-shirts and the trucker caps the Patagonia. wonderful
0: <laughs> John's geography is spot on this week uh, it's- <laughs> it makes a change.
1: It's <laughs> Canada.
0: <laughs> um now what we should say is I'm gonna no, I'm gonna ask you. These three guys that came for God and all these carry on, what was the actual final result, Casey? I
1: think I won it by almost an hour in the end. hey bother, man. Done it for that Scotland. <laughs> that's why I think that's why I got lost. That's why I got lost because I wanted them to suffer from the start and in the end. I pushed too hard and blew myself off the path somewhere <laughs> so yeah,
0: that'll teach me no it's a great story and again listening to when we listed or sorry asked you to list some of your favorite places to run you've got an array of locations that you've been in on the planet that um, are really appealing so I'm, I'm actually delighted that number one was aaron i really I'm really really happy about that. Some of the Scottish Islands are beautiful places, aren't they? So
2: we do have a, a question for you, Casey, and it's like, do you have a bucket list place that you want to run? But they're pretty much well ticked off. Uh, I
1: think so. I think the Himalayas was was the place I always wanted to run Yeah, I was fortunate enough to to do the Everest trail race. So
2: Brilliant. Pinch yourself moment. Uh that place was a
1: that place was incredible for a whole number of reasons. Like it's not so much the race. The race was really good, but just the whole experience. And mm. like when you're going through you see the way these people live, but they're the, they're certainly the happiest people I've ever come across. The happiest, friendliest people I've ever come across. And they have nothing, these people. I mean some of the the last the last couple of days on there, it's like six stages the Everest trailways right. and the last couple of days are on the really popular part that goes from Lukla airport to Everest base camp. Yeah. But the first four days are on the old route that I think um, it used to be the way to, to Everest before there was a, an airport there. Right. And this place is really remote. So you, you're seeing how these people live and it's incredible. Like, just unbelievable when you, you see these wee stone houses where these people are and everybody wants to come out and everybody, without fail everybody ego past says they don't say hello, they say namaste every single person without fail and really it's everything that goes around, people always say that race changes you and it certainly, it changes the way you, you see things that's for sure.
2: Ah, it, sounds, it sounds like it, quite a um, life changing ex- experience just being exposed to to all that yeah
0: aye I, I, you can see for Casey's face speaking about that how almost humbling it must have been you know absolutely. And, and, and you get that that came across as you were as you were speaking there and the people of Perth Scotland could learn a lot for that I say good, good morning to <laughs> folk here maybe i to start shouting namaste at them because if they need to speak back <laughs> to me then i say good morning right, that's if
2: your reputation goes before
0: you Uh, possibly possibly um another thing i need to ask about is and i'm going to go back to food briefly is there any food that you miss from scotland that you kind of get where you are Uh, i think we can more or less get everything
1: i missed cadbury's chocolate because over here it's not the same you can get it in some places but it's made with different milk or something it's it's not the same and liquor is all sorts right okay but other than that i could get it from the lead
0: Brilliant. okay next Next more serious question back to the sort of running stuff is um we all we often ask people when they come on and the people that listen to our podcast there's a whole range of people that are listening now um (laughs) sorry talking about all our listeners um (laughs) I was thinking of we can always name them all <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway. most of them are in the living
2: room <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, no but the, the people the, there's runners that are just starting out they've maybe done a 10k a day and a half marathon or a marathon is there any sort of tips you would give people you mentioned as well about an ankle injury maybe also that sort of mindset i know that's we're talking about a big spectrum of stuff here but is there any sort of advice you would give to people Casey? Um, I think
1: these days there's a there's a habit for people want to go super ultra super fast they see ultra trail Mont Blanc or they see guys doing 100k races every month or something like that so people are really keen to jump up in distances immediately but I think the the best advice is just to build up slowly, be consistent. And if you can be consistent and not injure yourself, you'll get a lot of if you just go too far too soon, blow up and give yourself all sorts of overuse injuries. Uh, Lots of lessons I learned the hard way, to be honest. (laughs) So don't do as I did. Do it the right
0: way. And I think we've discussed that as well. I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago, Stephen, about um, folk running when they're injured. And I think we jokingly said, "I ah, take a couple of ibuprofen, you'll be fine, batter on. But you shouldn't be doing that, you know. No. Listen, li- listen to your body and recover recover well, because um, you'll, you'll then prolong your running as well. So. It's, it's easier said than done
1: though, isn't it? I mean, people get that anxiety, they, they think they're losing fitness every second that they're not running. and. Um, I can understand it but I think the the more people listen to the body and if they give it time to heal once or twice, they, they recognise the benefit of that and the more experienced you become, the, the more relaxed you are when you're injured, I think you, you accept it, okay, this I know how to deal with this and I'll get my fitness back, it's not the end of the world, so mm-hmm.
0: uh, experience
2: tells. Aye, that's very much the case, I I, I, I agree with that and i've been running for 15 years <laughs> my learning curve is still really really slow <laughs> um, it's a journey ah exactly and i think you keep on listening don't you so that's something that i've noticed when we've been doing this podcast we because of it the, for john and i we've got to meet guys like you other guests who have come on and you just listen and and sponge all the good information it's great <laughs> it's Aye, great definitely. It's, it's, it's fantastic getting um people like yourself on casey and just learning through your experiences it's brilliant hope listeners do as well but if they're not, and john and i are the only ones learning then
0: it's also great as well that people like yourself casey come on and they're so willing to share your story you know because i think Certainly, going back, Stephen's mentioned he would be running for 15 years. 15 years ago, there wasn't that much information available. Or it was maybe it was, but in different formats. But to be able to chat to people the way we're chatting just now, and for us to put that out and folk can listen to it on a smartphone or however they choose to listen to it, on a bus or walking or running themselves, that wasn't available that I knew of. All that aye. all these years ago, so it's easily it's accessible. Easy now, but aye, it's easily accessible, and it's great to hear from people, kid runners, rather than folk like me, Stephen, just coming on and saying, how's it gone?
2: <laughs> Speaking <laughs> about chaffing. That's part of, of...
0: John, <laughs> uh, Bruno, that... the charm. Chaffing's a whole podcast. Sure. I
2: know, I know. We we um, I wanted to speak to you a wee bit about something that we touched on earlier, Casey, and it was the ultra tour are in, in scotland that is your race in aron your race director of is that right
1: that's right
2: yeah yeah and i know and i've spoken to quite a few people who have ran that race i've never experienced it myself um it's on my list the death well it definitely is now of course i'm not going to say anything other than that <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, it's my dream like i've always wanted to play for ultra dream <laughs> um, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but you know what i mean but i just wanted to it was obviously a place that you loved running in and you thought would be a good setting for it. Is that fair?
1: Absolutely. It's the place that, like, I would train there maybe once a week when I lived in Glasgow. Like, I I loved it. So I would train there for any race I was doing. And it was always a case of I was using the island to prepare to, to go off and race all over the world. And I wanted to reverse that, like, bring people from all over the world to see Aaron because... The, the route that we have is honestly second to none, it's an incredible route. People don't know exactly what those mountains are like in Arran, and even a lot of people who they've been to Arran, they've maybe been up Goat Fell, which is nice in itself, but once you go beyond Goat Fell, those ridges and things over there, are they're amazing.
2: Yeah, and it's a place that I admit that I've never been to, which, you know. It's so...
1: so many people in Scotland are the same, and... Once they've, they've been there and
2: they've ran there, it, they yeah, say, "Like I can't yeah, believe I what they, that yeah. route is like." It's
0: yeah, it's honestly it's amazing. And I know I've, that. I sorry, go for it, John. I was going to say I ran the entire way one year, and that's runs down is it Campbelltown, and it was a beautiful day, lovely sunny day, and you can see the Isle of Arran as you're as you're going down, and it is just the. I was actually had a wee tweet conversation with Sandra Beattie this week. She's signed up for the entire way this year. And on its day, it's one of the most beautiful bits of the country. Oh that country? Absolutely. So absolutely. to spend to spend a day running there phew, stunning. Absolutely stunning. So yeah, we'll definitely link up to that one Stephen.
2: Oh no a hundred percent. And it's it's right up my street in terms of the just getting myself out of the comfort zone of running, okay, hilly trails and things like that, but going on to a wee bit more of the technical terrain and, and challenging myself a bit more. Um, so it's You'll like really-
1: it. We have two options. One of them is, both of them have some good technical parts. The long one has some, some very technical parts, but uh-huh. even the shorter one is, you get a really good challenge on that as well. It's, yep. I think it's 26k and
2: you have 2,000 metres of climb, so it's nice. It's a, a hard day out. Sounds like as good a reason as any to go to Arne for me. So yeah, that's on my list. I'll left. sort the entries
1: out for both of you boys, and we'll do a live live podcast from Arne.
2: <laughs> oh, is oh, that recorded?
0: That's me, that's shitting, me. I'm shitting myself already, man. John <laughs> Arf.
2: John's arse just visibly collapsed on the screen. <laughs> of the See as we eyes kind of go, fuck, what's going on Yeah. <laughs> As recalled, is recorded it's happening The he short option what's the short <laughs> option? 5k <laughs> no no I, I i would really really look forward to, to visiting and what how have you had to adapt it well, so you had it would have been cancelled last year obviously this year's no happening or exactly we
1: took the decision in i think january this year we decided yeah we're just going to cancel rather than because we're, we're part of the sky running series so there's always okay. a, a bundle of emails going back and forward with with guys and the way it's worked out now two of them i believe are on the same day like they were supposed to be someone they've moved to september october time yeah and to have a whole series in the space of two months it's for Aye. me does it doesn't make sense
2: nah. so they took the decision yeah. and it's very much there's just there was so much risk and uncertainty. Eh? Do you know exactly. in terms of exactly. trying to get a date and potentially losing money or letting people down and stuff like that. that exactly, and that's the only decision that you could.
1: And even, I mean, as it stands at the moment, I, can't, I don't think I could travel to to the
2: race. So yeah. <laughs> I'd have to right. leave it to other people to go. on with it. Yeah. No, no. It's something that you can do in Zoom, is it? Oh, right,
0: so no, I think it was... a, year, a year down the road, what is it? June, isn't it? June Aye. Right, so a year down the road, we should hopefully be make. well, hopefully that'll happen next year, 2022. We'll be making inroads certainly this year into things coming back. Exactly, you know, and I yeah. think
1: with the vaccine and things now, then it'll happen in some shape or form.
0: Definitely.
2: So, and, and, Casey, is it okay to speak to you about? Um, I notice you've got some virtual stuff happening.
1: That's right. I with um with my the athletes that I coach, but uh-huh. we're we're opening it up to other people actually. But um, it's just a way to. Because in different parts of the world now, races are beginning to happen, like here in Spain, some in Hong Kong are looking to to happen now and things. So rather than people going from just training to suddenly straight back into racing, we're putting together in May three virtual races and then again in June, another three and in July, another three. And it's just they're like in May, they're, they're quite short. And then we'll increase in, in June and then finally in July they'll be a wee bit longer. So that just a natural progression to get people pushing a wee bit harder than they would in training and to give them that kind of competitive environment yeah. again. That's a great um, idea. I did one myself. Do you know the the devil's Buttons the relay race in Scotland? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Shetleston we always we always did that race every year. But this year we did it as a, a virtual race amongst like amongst the club so there was 10 teams all from shettleston and it was actually a really good laugh like the it was all the banter beforehand and the the lead up to it and stuff and just getting people involved in that kind of stuff again so prior to that i wasn't so keen on virtual races until i saw actually the benefit of it because being involved in it and going out and for sure i pushed harder when i went out that day than i Uh than I would normally have. So
2: it definitely had its benefits. It right. is a, a weird. I agree with that, that I was sceptical also about virtual um, racing. And I think it'll have had its time at some point as well, do you know? And definitely. But, but I think the way that some races had to adapt and be innovative and, and use the virtual racing environment during this time just to keep people focused and motivation and engaged. Yeah. Um, and But then I went, John, we started this podcast because the West Highland Way virtual race, really, um, and we also did Wakeland um, virtual as, as well. And there's some kind of invisible force going on, you know. Just say, <laughs> I was going out it would have just been a normal weekday training run, but I was going out and had this wee bit of adrenaline in my veins and stuff like that. You know, just exactly. it, it, it was hard to to kind of put my finger on it. Is that is just the fact that. I'm in a race, and there's some chemical going off in my brain. It's quite interesting.
0: Oh, I think, and on that, the last day that we did the the virtual West Highland Way race, uh-huh. I was I was running up. I don't know if you know Perth, Casey, and the back road to schoon. You might know Kenneth, but there's a, don't don't there's, a there's a we spoke about hills. There's a becken hill goes up <laughs> right. So I'm running up there, struggling to breathe, and. Stephen phones me. I was like, What's going on here? And he's running down somewhere and he's going, I'm nearly finished. I've, I've still got about seven miles to go, right? And Stephen's like, Come on. And he, I think Stephen was like half a mile or a mile to go. So he's got all that adrenaline it's cursing true. through him. I'm just thinking, Please just let me get to the shop. I remember, <laughs> I remember,
2: that. I remember that call because I was almost like, It was. 96 miles in a week or something like that or just over a week and it had been quite a test because it was a warm week as well for for Scotland was, okay. um, and I remember it and I hadn't been doing that much mileage in the way up to it so it was a big jump and I always wanted to share crossing the finish line with somebody, so I phoned John on my my Bluetooth from my dumper wheel,
0: and I was I was almost crying. I, I was quite emotional. I've done it, but but it just, <laughs> it's just it just it just shows you is that although you're on your own virtually, you're there's a togetherness with other people, and I think absolutely, we yeah, we, yeah. we spoke about this quite a bit last year, Stephen. That race directors have been very creative and innovative and done that but the runners do feel that when and you used to say that casey when you go out to do that run there is that virtual start line and you're you're pumped up a bit more than you would be just going for a training run you know i'm so, just doing strides and also it's warming up oh <laughs> <laughs> and then right. i got
1: beaten by my wife's team oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, yeah. But what we'll do is we'll, we'll we'll pop it if it's okay. Put put it up in the show notes. Just a link to the the training for trail stuff as well because
1: I absolutely,
2: much i like, Inclined to 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 go and do that, and there yeah, and you can then yeah. see all the other offerings that you do as well, which is um, quite far reaching. Yeah. There's um, a good.
0: You should also see as well Casey's training for trail YouTube channel is brilliant, there's a lot of good tips in there as well, some sort of training videos for people it's literally literally that training for trail, so there's a lot of good stuff in there, however I was watching them and there's a wee there's a lassie in Hong Kong I think doing a single leg squat Oh, no danger, I'm trying that man. I'd go out my length, <laughs> but um, other other more you can flexible, work up to that one. Oh, I, will wait to work up to it. other more flexible people. I'm sure will be will be managing to do that. I'm a wait. Listen, we can speak for hours here about, about Casey. It's absolutely brilliant. But Casey, we'd like to know. We spoke about. We're still obviously, but hopefully, fingers crossed, at the tail end of this pandemic, right? When things start happening again, what's next for you? What's on your list?
1: I I would like to do... um, I'm going to do a couple of shorter races here just to to get the, the racing legs back again. And then next year, I'd quite like to do Lavaredo if it's not on the same weekend as my race because I don't think that would go down too well. And Madeira Island Ultra, I've always wanted to do that one, so... Uh, that'll be on the list for next year as well.
0: Tell us a bit about Lavaredo. What's that?
1: Lavarado is the one. Um, it's in Cortina in Italy. It's like a hundred and ten k something like that, but very mountainous. It's and the the scenery around there is is mind blowing. It's you should have a wee look at it online. It's incredible.
0: I'm glad I asked where it was because I thought it was Mexico. Right, <laughs> <it's that> <laughs> Oh, we'll check that one, out, We'll check that one. out. Maybe we'll okay. do Mexico the following
2: year. And you, um, I know that you spoke before, from before we came on here as well, about you no know, having your injury woes to seek over. The sort of was that like the two years almost prior to the pandemic?
1: Exactly. I yeah. um, be... since I did the World Championship in 2018, right? And very early in that race, like the first three k or something. The, my socks split right across the bottom and I blistered up on my foot quite quickly and in that race you weren't allowed to have any kind of um, assistance until I think it was like 33k or something like that so for that first 30k I was running like trying to protect this blister and not make it any worse which ultimately led to like compensation on the other side and right. it wasn't until the second half when we started to climb I realised I was in trouble, like I had a a really bad hamstring problem in my lower back, and since the base, because I carried on, it was 85k or something, and since then, I I developed a bad tendinopathy in the hamstring, and running was, it just wasn't much fun for a long time, like literally two years it took to to get that one right, Um, and then the pandemic hit just as I
2: was beginning to train again. Right okay so you are be raring to get back on the, the saddle yeah so. um,
1: I'm itching to get back to it for sure
2: uh-huh. and is there any local races or anything on horizon and have they started reappearing
1: uh, there's there's been races here with like they have different measures at the moment like kind of time trial starts and that kind of stuff and okay. just wearing a mask for the first hundred meters and then the, the last hundred meters into the finish okay. and that kind of thing so there are things beginning to happen here now um I think I'll I'll probably look to do some of the stuff here June-July time and then there's a big one here um, which happens, well there's a couple, there's one in November and one the start of December. One is like just over marathon distance and it's really, really nice. So I'll probably do that and then they have the the race, it's the full length of the mountain range here. Right. well, it changes in the distance every year because they have landowner issues and you're not allowed to go this way this year. And So sometimes it can be 110k, other times it can be 130k. Um, but it's a great race. And I, I like it because it starts at one end of the mountains and finishes at the Alberts It feels like it has a, a purpose. A um, exactly. So I'd like to do that. Um, the, my only concern with that this time, I've done it in the past, and when you reach about 70k it'd be like five o'clock in the morning and the checkpoint is in my village so previously when i did the race i didn't live here so there was no temptation i wasn't running past my house at 5 a.m on tired legs so i just hope i have the mental the mental strength to continue and not just (laughs) sneak into bed (laughs)
0: <laughs> Can I just ask, I, I, I've not asked this yet, what's the longest distance that you've competed in, or you've ran? What is the longest um,
1: distance? Around 130k, 135k. The longest time-wise would be a, an ultra in the Pyrenees called Mona, and I don't think it's happened for a year or two. But... This race, whenever anybody asked me in Spain what I was doing this year and I said, Mona, always they had a face where they went, oh. Oh. And this race was serious, like across the Pyrenees, but in the the 130k, I think there was like 11,500 meters of climb. So like much more climb than UTMB in 30k less distance or 35k less distance. And a lot of it, you were above like 2,800 metres for long stretches and stuff. It was brutal.
2: Longest day of my life. Is that also the toughest race you've ever done then? Without question. Right. It was, I think it, I died like three times in that race. we still got six life left. You all right? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Emona, did you call it? Emona. Emona, right. Okay, Ah. Oh, well. Hey a YouTube search of that later on this evening it was
0: horrific incredible at the same time but it was a hard hard day but these are the things well sorry we're at different levels here right but these are the things we sign up for isn't it to test yourself and to push yourself and to see where our body and our mind will go to that's what we're exactly.
1: and afterwards it's always the, the harder the race the more we speak about it the Aye. ones that go smoothly and there's no real issues, we rarely we talk about
0: them. I've, yeah. not them I've not got any of them, Casey. I've not. Soon, hopefully, will <laughs> Brilliant. Right, Stevie. Yeah. Stevie. Stevie. Did you just Steve. call me Stevie? I Stevie, bye. Stevie. Right. <laughs> no, we never do that. I apologise. Stevie. Chancellor Stevie. Um, let's take it let's take it to the bridge or take it to the end and let's lead into Casey's local dialect words. I'll leave that up to you
2: yes so if you've been listening you'll know that we ask our guests every week to supply us with one or even two or if you're Bob Turner 52 (laughs) um, (laughs) local dialect words now that can be where you came from, Dumfries, where you went to uni, Glasgow, or we could go. European. It's up to you. Over to you.
1: I think Dumfries, I was thinking about it's been a long time since I lived there, like 25 years or something now. But I always remember Dumfries, if something was good, it was beesing. So, or if somebody scored a good goal, for example, it was what so, a beeser. So, beeser, beesing, beeser or beesing. If Something is beezing, Aye. something was a beezer.
0: Right. So that's a that's a beezing Murray's pie you've got there.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you've got it. And if you like, I could give you a Venezuelan one. My wife is Venezuelan. Oh. And she says around the house quite often, no hoda," And I think it means something like, like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you what context she uses that in, but she uses it a lot of- no order.
0: Okay, can, can you have a stab at spelling that? Um, I could have a stab at it. I think it's just N O J O D A. Brilliant. I'm going to use that tomorrow. My work. <laughs> <laughs> you <do>. No <laughs> You say it perfectly. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for that. That's brilliant. Yeah.
2: Thank you very much for these contributions. They're all accepted into the dialect dictionary. You'll be pleased to see that that'll be Tuesdays. published
0: just in time for Christmas. Twenty thirty. <laughs> 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 so,
2: so no, no, cheers. Um, yeah, if, is there anything that we've left out in our question set or anything, John? Or we? I, I think some questions written out, but can what well, we've covered them all just organically.
0: Yeah. No, I think. <laughs> There's a, lo- there's a whole lot of stuff that we probably could cover again but if Casey's up for it I would ask them if we could come back and just do another one some of the races that we we'll spoke about tonight and the stuff that you've traveled to I'd love to drill in a wee bit deeper into them as yeah. well so some
2: of the people that you've met as well and how they've influenced you or um, do you know how you've gleaned for their experiences because you know that when you were listing off your team for going to hong kong it was like you know your son team <laughs> like when you used to play football. <laughs> do football you know it's so it'd be great um and and feel free to pass us their um their, their numbers <laughs> no problem <laughs> no honor <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and and what la- the last thing i wanted to say for listeners is um i was hanging a good glower through your instagram the day just doing a rabbit hole but you've got some bra pictures i like, re- like really good pictures as well as some good i didn't actually read the blurb to be honest just I, I don't
1: boring. worry about those things
2: yeah it does count i'm sure it was interesting and factual and you know, signposting people to hey, nice things and stuff like that. But the pictures were awesome. Take a no bad picture to be fair. A bit like myself. <laughs> just like you <laughs> oh, Man, I've I, got a good phone. I took a picture of myself at the end of my I, I did a road twenty what was it? Twenty, 20 plus mile at the weekend. And it's just, I just fucking hate hating the last five miles and I just took a picture of myself. It just looked like fucking death warmed up (laughs) Uh, and here's you running across these alpine slopes and i'm like oh shit i've got plenty of those pictures as well don't worry cool 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 right i must speak to my media team and get them to up their game No, but thanks very much for, for giving up your, your um, time this evening. It's been really great meeting you. Um My and, pleasure, guys. Uh, I've enjoyed yeah. the show. I love what you are doing. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much. That's, um, it's good to know that people are listening because when we first started doing it, we weren't sure if MD would listen, but we, we weren't caring because it's just a chance for John and I to also um, catch up. So it's <laughs> good to know that some people are enjoying it as well. Which oh, is- I love it. Keep it up good. hope we'll, good well, we'll see you in Aaron next year anyway, won't we? So.
0: I would absolutely love Absolutely, that. It's, it's done. Aye, brilliant. And what I would like to say, I, I, get, I just say thank you very much for your, your time this evening. Please thank your wife for her contribution to Dictionary Corner as well. She'll That's be, absolutely brilliant. She'll either be delighted
1: or mortified. I'm not sure which one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what I'd also like to say as well is that when the racing stuff gets going again. We wish you all the very, very best for getting out there and hopefully your wee enforced rest will prove beneficial too and you're good and sorta of set the header alight like, if that's what they do in Spain. I'm not sure they've got a header I think they've got
1: to meal or something like
0: that. Aye. But listen, Casey it's been absolutely awesome speaking to you. So thank you very much, man. Take care. Yeah, thanks you know, thank you. Thank you guys.
2: Awesome. See you later.